Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Welcome to episode number 73, hour one of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard, and remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Uh, this has been a bit of a different week. Uh, I actually was unhealthy. Uh, I had some uh, some tough, challenging mental health days, so we had to push things back a little bit. So hour number one and hour number two will come out on the, uh, the same day, but it is what it is, and uh, we pushed through it, and... Uh, the, the the journey continues. Uh, so anyway, as for this show, there is one way we do kick things off on this program, and that's by finding out just exactly what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? So when I say what's your groove, I'm wondering uh, while you're listening or watching this show, are you grooving with anything when it comes to cannabis? Do you got a joint? Maybe just some nice relaxing CBD? Pipe and a crepe. I'm not really sure, but I would love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter at the Cannabis 101. You can get us on Instagram and Facebook at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. And you can email me, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. And uh, let me know exactly what it is that you are grooving with, uh, if indeed you are, while you're listening to this show. I'm just uh, firing up. The Volcano Hybrid that I have, Supernova, as I call it. I picked it up using Click and Collect uh, from uh, Nova Cannabis. Uh, my good friend Chris Ionson, one of our, uh, you know, Chris is a good partner of this show. He comes on, he helps out, he provides information, just like Malcolm LaBelle, uh, David Wiley, uh, Stonesmiths, uh, some great, great companies uh, that are uh, great partners on this program. So what I'm going with today is... Rockstar Tuna from the Green Organic Dutchman. And I don't want to tell you too much about it because that's who we're featuring on What's That Strain uh, with uh, my good friend Chris Ionson later on in this episode. So, Rockstar Tuna, as I fire it up, uh, the packaging from the Green Organic Dutchman, if you've never seen it, it's very eye-catching. You know, in a world where you can't do a, um, any advertising, and there's so many restrictions, they legitimately stand out. So, like Family Guy said, everything is better with a bag of weed. I've got some Rockstar Tuna. I'm going to get my groove on, and then we'll get the show going. All right, I'll save the rest of that for a little bit later on. But again, thank you to uh, all of our partners on the program, uh, and especially you, the listener. 
and the viewer uh, for being uh, the biggest partner that we have and the reason why we exist to try to give you some great information like great companies like stonesmith.ca, one of our partners, a great local company. Check them out at stonesmiths.ca. All right, here is what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. Uh, what's that strain? As mentioned, Rockstar Tuna from the Green Organic Dutchman. Malcolm LaBelle will join us for the business of cannabis. We're going to discuss possible changes to the Cannabis Act, Martha Stewart in Game Changers, and what it means to be green. We're looking at green investors. So things are a little bit different this week. Chris usually joins us in hour number two, but we had to shake things up as well. David Wiley will join us in hour number two as we uh, just made a a swap of positions uh, for for those two guys on the program. Our cannabis question will be about regulations, and on our weed word of the day, we're going to talk about pot, the origins of that word as well. We are going to discuss hempcrete. Uh, so I'll tell you also a little bit later about the Weed Weekly, where you can get into our giveaway uh, for a prize package each and every week. But let's get things going right now with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape, bong and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. So the question is, and if you're watching, you can see it there. Uh, If uh, you're listening, here it is. What is one regulation you would like changed when it comes to the Cannabis Act in Canada and the legalization of recreational cannabis? What is one regulation you would change regarding cannabis? Um, Please, if you have more, uh, fill me in on those as well. Uh, You can email me, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. You can also get us on Twitter at the Cannabis 101 and the Cannabis 101 podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And the reason you're going to want to chime in is that everybody that chimes in goes into the draw and you could win some more Regal Cigars. By the way, Andre is going to join us later today on hour number two. We're going to discuss the wonderful um, Regal Cigars. Oh, man, I can't, I've been wanting to have this conversation with Andre since the first time we met uh, when we had first had lunch together and way, way, way pre-COVID uh, when people actually did uh, get together and hang out. So that's the cannabis question. What is one regulation you would change? And just for chiming in, you go into the mix and you could be winning yourself a beautiful Regal Cigar. So I want to tell you about the Weed Weekly before we get into What's That Strain?, and that is where every Friday we send out our newsletter, the Weed Weekly, from the Cannabis101podcast.ca. And we give you information about the show, maybe things that you may have missed. We break things down. We throw in some fun quotes and history. We also do a giveaway uh, where we spin the wheel of names. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. It's a good way to keep up with the show. Uh, so don't miss out on anything that we have going on. Check it out at the Cannabis101podcast.ca. Hit subscribe and you're in the mix because the Weed Weekly and the prizes that go along with it are only available to subscribers. What's that strain? 
Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. Educator and the manager of Nova Cannabis, Jasper Av, Chris Ionson, joining me as usual for What's That Strain? How are you, Chris? I'm doing great, Dean. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks very much for uh, making your way out here to uh, the studios as usual as we dive into uh, another cultivar here on What's That Strain, episode 73. And this is uh, an LP that I've, I've really been looking forward to diving into. You know, I, I heard about them. It was actually, uh, you know, Grant Sanderson of Nova who actually first turned me on to these guys. So I've been excited about the Green Organic Dutchman. And the cultivar we're doing today is Rockstar Tuna. And this is an indica-dominant hybrid uh, for anybody out there that is uh, looking at that, uh, but not... You know, when people sometimes when they hear indica, they might think, oh, I'm immediately going to fall asleep. So that's why we say an indica dominant hybrid. Yeah. So it does have some indica qualities, but not a couch lock make you fall asleep indica. Yeah, uh, well said, because uh, I, I get people coming in the store all the time. They're like, I'm just looking for a pre-roll highest THC you got. And I'll tell them my, the options we've got, and I'll have higher percentage on the indica, but it's not necessarily a couch lock sedative indica. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, people are kind of. And there, there's a bit of a misconception on just all indicas are going to put you to sleep. Exactly. It's not true, yeah. Yes, and that's the case with uh, with this one yeah. for sure. So let's talk about uh, the Green Organic Dutchman. Uh, tell us a, a little bit about, you know, who, what, when. Give us the details on these guys. Yeah, totally, Dean. So, yeah, the Green Organic Dutchman, or, or Tea God, uh, mm-hmm. as we call them. Uh, I love that name. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're a global leader in, in cultivating premium certified organic cannabis um they were founded in 2012 mm-hmm. uh by uh dutch a couple of dutch folks uh, scott skinner and jeanette Vandermerel. and um started out in 2012 uh on the med- medical side first um and recently the company was was run for the last two years by by ceo brian athade uh but this week just this week it was announced that uh, he'd stepped down from his position there and their CFO, Sean Bovinden, uh, stepped in as the interim CEO. So pretty big news there, mm-hmm. um, you know, changing over the CEO. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that and kind of keep you guys posted on that. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And uh, the uh, Green Organic Dutchman is, um, as we're looking at uh, a shot, if you're watching us, with a magnifying glass on there. And and that's something that we like to do. Um, we, we definitely like to examine our uh, our cannabis and get up and close and personal with it. I think that's something that everybody should do. I agree. I I think everyone should have a little magnifying glass with them if you're if you're a, a cannabis enthusiast, um get up close and personal and, and really get to see uh all the different colors, mm-hmm. all the the trichomes. It sometimes it looks, you know, alien. It's, it's yeah. very foreign. It just doesn't look right when you look up close you're like what the heck am I looking at? Yeah. Uh but uh, also spiny. Yeah, spiny like Mike Tyson. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, so anyway, 
<laughs> Green Organic Dutchman, TGOT, as, yeah. as, as, you know, people uh, in the cannabis industry kind of refer to them, even their website. Where does that name come from, the Green Organic Dutchman? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think it just has to do with, uh, you know, they were founded by, by Dutch folks. Uh, I, green is the color of bud. Uh, it's organic flower they're growing, and it's Dutch folks, so Green Organic Dutchman. Works. Uh, yeah. it's, it seems very simple when you when you think about it. At first, you're like, oh, I wonder where this name came from, and then it's a... A simple explanation. So tell us about these guys. Where are they located? Uh, you know, what sort of facilities do they have? Yeah, for sure, Dean. So their head office is in uh, Mississauga, Ontario. Uh, and they've got two massive facilities here in, in eastern Canada. Uh, in Ancaster, Ontario, they have a 166,000 square foot facility. Uh, very high tech facility, too. A lot of like. Um, kind of cutting edge stuff here that you know you're not going to see at everyone's mm-hmm. grow show um and then they also have the valley view valley field uh facility in quebec and this one is uh 1.3 million square feet so that's huge uh, i've seen some aerial shots of it some photos and it's massive uh massive <laughs> like there was like i saw like a parked car and just it just looked like a small person but like that's a car so right. the ratio of it was is nuts um and then there's a, a third facility in jamaica uh that's yeah. interesting yeah that's right so they they had a an acquisition of, of a company down there called epican a 49 percent acquisition and it's a fully integrated jamaican cannabis company with cultivation extraction manufacturing and retail distribution licenses beautiful so that's pretty cool uh and then uh one other thing too that they have on the global side of things is uh they have a company called hemp hemp poland and it's a hemp company okay. out of poland nice. hemp poland that is awesome yeah and it's it's a uh, uh, very heavy focus on on hemp uh they even buy hemp they sell hemp they grow it um so it's just neat to see you know they're they're in canada uh jamaica poland i, I feel like tegon is very well positioned to to really kick some butt in the global market yeah when you when you used the word globally off the top of this you were you weren't kidding like they yeah. really are spread out and and you know they they their name is the Green Organic Dutchman. So tell us how they organically grow. For sure, Dean. So um, they, they grow all their cannabis in organic, uh, like, living soil. Um, and within that soil, they've got living organisms. And that's going to be, like, beneficial bacteria and fungi in there and, and in that soil. And it takes care of the plant. It kind of offers, like, a, a buffet of, mm. of goodness for the plant. Uh, and so it, with each crop cycle, uh, the living soil becomes more fertile. So as it kind of it gets better with age, I guess, yeah. the soil. Um, and uh, all their cuttings, too, are... Um, or plantlets, they're they're micro propagated. We've talked about that, mm-hmm. and that's what that's yep. that like uh, plant tissue culture cloning, where you kind of can really remove any kind of issues with the Get genetics. Get the best of the plant. That's right, Dean. So uh, that's pretty cool. Um, they also use on-site wells and and fresh water, uh, fresh rainwater reservoirs. Uh, and uh, you know, ninety percent of the water is collected and recycled. It's uh, very smart, and you know, we, we've we've heard uh, about that in the past with uh, Tantalus Labs and things like that yeah. on the on the other side of the country. So it's great to see that the the these um, uh, the the process is being used at some of these great facilities. Yeah, man, I, I think like a focus on environmental sustainability is, yeah. is important. Hundred uh, percent, especially in the cannabis industry. It's plants we're dealing with here. Yes. So let's let's be good to Mother Earth. Yes. Uh, so yeah, they've got the, that rain system. Um, they have they have and it, it's kind of a greenhouse facility, but there's supplemental high efficiency LED lighting in the grow rooms, uh, as well as staggered staggered lighting, and that that reduces energy consumption mm-hmm. and heat uh, and upping their op- 
operational uh, efficiencies. Oh, so, that's good. So it's pretty cool. Uh, and then I guess one more thing, Dean, they're, they're known as the good neighbor. Uh, and so um, in, the, in the Ancaster community, uh, they actually have a farm where they grow fruits and vegetables there. Uh, organic fruits and vegetables, and they, they donate uh, the farm to people that need it, families that need it, uh, the, the food bank. Uh, to date, they've donated over 2,000 pounds of food to the Hamilton Food Bank. So awesome. I love hearing that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's not all about bottom dollar and profit. It's about the culture of cannabis, and mm-hmm. hearing companies do this, I think, is, is so important. So uh, I'm a big fan of the Tea God brand. Uh, here in Canada, we've got the Tea God, and there's also highly Dutch organic. Haven't seen it in Alberta yet. Mm. Uh, it's in Ontario, but it's it's a ha- they've got a hash. Uh, they've also got a big bag. Um, so I, if you guys haven't checked out Tea God, uh, highly recommend it. It's really good organic cannabis. All right, yeah, I, I've enjoyed it so far. Anything that I've uh, that I've received uh, from them or purchased from them, rather. Um, so let's talk about uh, the lineage. Uh, and the history with Rockstar Tuna. And uh, we are doing uh, this cultivar by the Green Organic Dutchman. So tell us a little bit about uh, Rockstar Tuna. What What is the, the backstory and the lineage? Yeah, for sure, Dean. So Rockstar Tuna, a.k.a. Tuna Rockstar or Tuna Star, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, cool genetics. It's a, it's a tuna kush. Uh, crossed with a rock star. Now the tuna Kush is a, is a black tuna strain um, cultivar. Pardon me. Crossed with an OG Kush, uh, and then the rock star is uh, Bubba Kush crossed with Harmony. So, kind of got some some nice Kush aspects to it. Um, it's legendary dank, mostly indica uh, dominant cultivar. Um, legend with this cultivar has to do with its aroma. Mm. Uh, having that tuna in the name, um, it, it's it been known to have that kind of. That pungent smell of, of rotting fish, <laughs> which is like, and that's that, I've I've seen that on you know multiple things. It's just I think it's so funny when cannabis is is kind of compared or described as like, hey, like it smells like um, it smells like rotting fish. Come smoke this, yeah, or the but rotting it, meat, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that meat breath. Uh, I I had a hard time with that smell, but when you when you get it all into yeah. a joint or whatever you're going with, everything comes together, so it doesn't actually. I didn't think it tasted that bad. This is an as is a unique taste or or, or smell with the um, with the with the lineage. Um, we'll see. We're going to test it out here. I haven't had this specific cultivar. By the way, we should almost have like a, a like a swear jar every time we use the word strayed. We'll have to put a dollar <laughs> a in strange there. Jar. A strange jar. Awesome. Um, so, what makes this certified organic with the Green Organic Dutchman? Right, Dean. So uh, they've got you know a few a few things that they do in their their process that kind of make them qualify for that certification. So uh, grown in living soil, like we mentioned. Yep. Um, no synthetic fertilizers. Uh, they use full spectrum sun grown uh, light um, with the LED supplemental as as needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, purified rainwater and uh, natural pest control too. So they're uh, no pesticides. No pesticides. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then it's also hand selected, hand trimmed stuff. So. It, um, just really kind of down to the roots of, of the cannabis. Okay. So when you go to their website, by the way, which is www.tgod.ca, T-G-O-D.ca, there's some really good explanations about, um, I, I guess, about their certification, right? Like they're, they're very, very transparent with this stuff, which everybody should be, especially yeah. when you are as certified as they are. 
Yeah, man, uh, a lot of good info on there, like even just in the About Us section. I mean, you can see the process. You can see they show all their greenhouses. Uh, they, they really talk a lot about that, that grown, uh, grown and living soil mm-hmm. part, part. And, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy their websites. Uh, it's, it's great. They also have COAs on their website, so certificates of analysis. And I checked out the Rockstar Tuna, uh, loaded with real neat info, uh, cannabinoid levels, terpene percentages, moisture content, uh, microbiology tests, and, and even heavy metal tests. Wow. With like um, arsenic, cadmium, lead, and mercury, those kind of the four main ones that they test for uh, in in the cannabis tests. And, and you just want to make sure you have as little as possible with those. Little uh, to none. Yeah, for sure. And uh, But yeah, it, their COAs, you know, passed with flying colors. Um, now, the COA that I saw on the site didn't quite match up to the batch that we've got here in Alberta. Uh, it was based on like a 16%. But sure. Lovely to see that, though. I mean, it's great. I, I mean, maybe the next step would be I'm able to scan my, my eight, the jar, and, and see that COA right there for that specific That's batch. That's a good idea. I mean, probably take some back-end work for them, but that would be important information for, for me as a consumer to know. That, that should be the next step for every cannabis company is trying to provide as much information yeah. as they can, and that sort of scan system online is is awesome. Okay, so this uh, batch that I picked up, 19.3%. We'll tell you where kind of that fits in on our scale. What's in a name? This is probably self-explanatory. Yeah, it is. It's a genetic name. Uh, you know, both both parents there, Tuna Kush, Rockstar, Rockstar Tuna. Pretty pretty simple and basic one. Uh, I feel like the the tuna namesake though uh, is due to the aromas of the bud, mm-hmm. which you know we'll get into when we get into the smell here. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of a, a basic genetic name. All right. So uh, when we talk about uh, the look, first of all, absolutely love uh, the packaging. So looks like a normal jar, right? Nothing in my hand. Abracadabra. Boom. It's got like a vertical slant on it, but it doesn't tip over. It sits up perfectly, and it's glass. So um, awesome stuff. It does come in a box. Now, is that for, like, storage for a store? Does it need the box? Like, do these sit? would these sit fine in a jar? So could they get away without the box? They could, Dean. Yeah, for sure. They do sit fine just on their own. Uh, And as you mentioned, that wedge that's missing there. Don't sit uh, on your head. Yeah. uh, That wedge that's missing there, it's kind of nice to, it's for displaying it too. You can actually make your container, like, pop a wheelie uh, and just kind of, like, sit facing up. So, um Big fan of that. You know what? Also, it's green and it's dark and it's not all white. And you know my thoughts on that. This stands out. It does. Like this in a in a world where it's becoming even harder um, with with changes to the cannabis act. You're you're trying to stand out any way you can. So I love that. I don't love that there's a lip. That's unfortunate uh, mm-hmm. inside because we like to get the good all the goodness out of our uh, cannabis jar. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that'd be ideal. It does have a pretty heavy lip. Um, I, I will mention too, the lids on these can be can be a little bit wonky. Uh, I just had some time where I'm like, I push down, I'm twisting, I'm twisting. It feels like the thread's not going. Oh, okay. Uh, recently, though, one of my staff members, um, she mentioned that her her little nephew uh, had a had a jar of of Rockstar, and he was just looking at it, and they're like, oh, it'll be fine, it's childproof, and in a couple seconds, he got into it and just, like, opened it up and just, like, put it down and, and walked away. He just wanted to, like, mm. prove, so a little, little bit worrisome there on, on I guess, the, the childproof, and maybe that's just a, a one-off there, but, um, yeah, the lids maybe on this. I love the glass jar. I love the wedge. Mm. Not a big fan of the lid itself, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, can't you, win them all. <laughs> you're right, and and obviously important that it is uh, uh, safe and secure. Uh, but I I absolutely love 
the uh, the glass packaging. So let's get into the the smell of this. Um, and you know, we we always try to give a bit of a sniff to Nosy McGee, my wife, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, she's she's been pretty bang on in a lot of yeah. stuff, and I I agree with her on this one. But but the smell, you know, a lot of people are expecting like you know we talked about like rotting fish, to, like this strong tuna. When you open a tuna can, I didn't get that strong of it yeah. uh, as much of it. Did you? Yeah, so that's kind of a, a tricky one, Dean, because with that, there's that suggestiveness of, like, before right. I go in and smell it, I, I've got it in my head that this is going to remind me of tuna fish. Um, I, I mainly got skunky and earthy, um, and I did have a bit of fishiness, but I do feel that that might have been that kind of placebo mm-hmm. effect of, in my head. I'm already kind of expecting it. Um, when I, you know, let some of my, a couple of my staff members give it a whiff, they were all kind of mentioned that, they smelled the the fishiness there too, but uh, with Nosy McGee, uh, we she went into it blind. You know, we didn't tell her what to, what to expect. Right. I was waiting for her to be like, I got a little fish, but nothing. she got the kind of the hoppiness. I think yeah, she got that, the uh, that she, we're going to get to, but yeah. not a lot of fish. And I didn't get it. And then then we thought maybe after the grind, but I still I didn't get a lot. Now we we you know people are different and people smell different and depending on your your situation and and whatever it might be, but. Not to say that the people that are smelling tuna are wrong. I just didn't get a whole lot of a tuna smell that maybe I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's what it is, Dean. I'm sure there has been some some skunky, skunky sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, you know, going around. Uh, yeah, just, she actually got fresh. That's the the thing. The kind of the opposite of rotting yeah. fish, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that would be uh, the the opposite. Uh, okay, so. The terpene list in this one, and we've got four nice ones. Yeah, for sure. It's a couple of unique ones in here. So caryophyllene's the dominant one there, and that's uh, black pepper and spice. Yep. Uh, we got uh, bisabolol, and that one we kind of talked about recently, and that's kind of a creamy uh, coffee almost. Uh, it, it's kind of found in both of those. Um, humulene is up next, uh, mm-hmm. and that's kind of found in hops. Uh, and I, I do feel like I, I did smell some hops too when I was kind of uh, getting into it. Uh, and then we've got uh, myrcene is the uh, is the fourth terpene, uh, and that's going to be kind of a earthy flavor to it. Um, and er- myrcene is also found in in mangoes. There, Dean. Okay, so really cool uh, terpene profile, and that's uh, one of the coolest things about cannabis uh, for me is uh, the the things you can explore with this. What was your experience like? Because we all are a little bit different. Yeah. So for me, Dean, uh, my thing was it's very uplifting. Um, Put me in a good mood. Mm-hmm. The initial buzz went went to my head, right away to my head, euphoric, cerebral blast, a good times, right to my dome. Nice. Uh, but then it settled into a super relaxing body stone uh, that felt amazing and not too sedative at all. Uh, like it didn't burn me right into my couch, so that was super nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, though. I thought the uh, the experience was super good. I put me in a real good mood. I was smiling a lot. That is awesome. And, and of course, we are uh, all different uh, when it comes to our cannabis experience, so we all react a little bit differently when it comes to that. Uh, but in your opinion, what are the three W's? Who, what, and when is this good for? So who is good for? I think it's intermediate smokers. If you're just getting into cannabis, don't jump into some Rockstar Tuna. Um, yeah, level two and up, I think, is, is great. Uh, when it's good for, any time of day, I, I think. Uh, it was, I, I started my day off with some Rockstar Tuna, uh, and it was super nice. It was, I had a great day. It wasn't too heavy. Um, so, and right after work was really nice, too. Uh, what it's good for, relaxing and chilling. Um, it's great for funny shows, creative projects. I did some drawing when I was on the, the nice. Rockstar Tuna. Yeah. Uh, and vegging out after work, I think, is really nice, too. 
Ah, that is, uh, it, it's, it's so great when you can find kind of that, uh, the all-purpose strain or cultivar, yeah. another dollar in the jar, uh, but, you know, that you can use daytime, evening sort of thing, so, yeah. so that's really nice. Um, as for the taste test, I'm uh, blowing up the old bag of weed here. Everything is better with a bag of weed. What uh, is the, uh, the taste profile with this, uh, and, and are we revisiting the tuna? <laughs> Uh, so when I got, I got earthy and spicy for sure. Okay. Uh, a little hoppiness to it as well. Um, slight, slight sweetness in the flavor, almost like a grape. Um, maybe cough a little bit, like like when I was hitting it, but still, okay. still smooth. There was still some like, I guess it had some bite to it. Um, I definitely didn't get any like, this is like eating a tuna fish sandwich or you know. No, I get a lot of halibut though. Just for the halibut, uh, but no, I, I, I don't get a, I don't, but I, I certainly uh, uh, agree with the hoppy and then some of the fruitiness as mm-hmm. well, so uh, I'm liking that, um, the, the taste profile on this one, <coughs> made me cough a little bit as well, so, <laughs> yeah. but it is very nice, um, the, the, the hoppiness is there, and that's what Nosy McGee got in yeah. in some of the uh, smells, so. All right, I'm, I'm digging the uh, Green Organic Dutchman. I like what they're doing. Rockstar tuna. You know, for us, uh, there's not a lot of fishiness. Uh, there's no fishy stuff going on. Uh, no fishiness with this. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's it's still very enjoyable. And it's, it's a nice I'm, I'm kind of glad there's not rotting fish uh, taste to it, actually. Yeah, for sure. I was uh, a little relieved. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay, uh, quickly, um, when you pick this up, if you want to, you can use Click and Collect at any of the Nova uh, Nova locations. You go through the Leafly site. Just so much better for everybody right now with a lockdown, not a lockdown, but maybe we're going to be in a lockdown. Who knows what's going on? We want to curtail this. So the less time I can spend in the store, the less FaceTime I can have with you, the better. Yeah. That's where Click and Collect comes in, right? Totally, Dean. Yeah, we're just trying to keep everyone as safe as possible. Plus, too, you can shop our menu from home, too, mm-hmm. so you can see what we got um, before you come in and, and get your order ready to go. Yeah, it's awesome. And one of the things we're going to talk about that you guys have going are these bath salts. Um, and there could be a joke in there somewhere that we probably shouldn't make, but I grabbed these actually. Uh, I went out to Plant Life here in uh, St. Albert uh, today, and uh, Gage, uh, he's like, hey, man, you're, you know, maybe you and your lady. And, and I'm like, I'm having a Lebowski bath with these, man. That's what I'm going with. But tell us about the bath salts, because uh, you guys have these as well. Yeah, yeah, we just got them this Monday, so it's a, another fun new product uh, from the brand Latitude, which is under the 48 North umbrella. Mm-hmm. And so this is called the the Latitude Night Shift, and it's a Ylang Ylang, I'm not sure if I said that right, Ylang Ylang yeah. uh, charcoal bath salts. And it's a... It's a uh, 100 milligrams of THC and 100 milligrams of CBD in the package there, and it's pretty pretty large too. That's awesome. I think you can get about three three baths out of it. Is kind of what we figured out with uh, what a standard dose for a, like an Epsom salt bath. The one thing I will say is I've had some of used some of these things before, and your tub gets really really slippery. So be really really <laughs> careful. Yeah. You know, and and that's some of the bomb. Maybe this is different because that's some of the bombs that I had, yeah. and depending on what oil, but just just be a little bit careful with with some of that stuff you're putting it because it can get slippery but i can't wait for this it's gonna be awesome i i think you're gonna enjoy it uh, i'm not a bath person so it's not not much for me i i, I can't remember the last time i had a bath are you scared like a, a group of nihilists are gonna bust into your place or something or <laughs> put a ferret bring in a ferret in there <laughs> all right so you got some bath salts you guys got some really cool products uh click and collect is where you can get it 
Yeah, man, it's uh, it's neat. A lot of the new products we got topicals now, hashes out now, the concentrates. Uh, we're seeing that terp like slush, the hash that we remember too, not yeah. sort of the sift dry. You know, I love that dry sift hash that Tantalus Labs yeah. has, and some other uh, Good Buds I think had some. Uh, but I love the brick sort of thing or the ball that we used yeah, to get. It, it takes me back to you know. High school I can't, I can't, can't use knives anymore on these new <laughs> stoves, but still, it it takes you back to the to the brick of hash days. Yeah, it does, and those were good times. I remember when I first got into the cannabis industry, there was no no hash on the on the on the lineup or horizon. But that was the one thing that we were like, I can't wait for hash to come out because we wanted to see what mm-hmm. these LPs could do with their hash. Yeah, awesome stuff. Okay, so uh, Rockstar Tuna. Indica dominant hybrid, uh, level two, not for the beginner, uh, but certainly a great uh, beginner to level two uh, stepping stone, and it's mm-hmm. an indica dominant. So I don't think this is going to exactly knock you out. Use Click and Collect on the Leafly site and go visit Chris at Nova Cannabis. Thanks for coming in, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dean. and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. I want to remind you about uh, one of our partners, as I was speaking of uh, before, the Cannabis and Hemp Expo, which is happening late April 2021 at the Edmonton Expo Centre Unfortunately, like a lot of things, this has been postponed a couple of times. Uh, I'm sure we'll be able to have a successful event and a healthy and safe event in uh, April 24th and 25th of 2021. You can find out more information and get tickets at CannabisHempExpo.com. We'll be there. We'll have a booth. We'll be on location broadcasting, and we'd love to meet you. Uh, If you're in the area, please come and visit and be a part of an episode. And we will have some tickets to give away as we get closer to the date as well. April 24th and 25th of 2021. Check out the details at CannabisHempExpo.com. This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest Bud Biz Buzz. Joined as usual by Malka LaBelle of the Green Generation Co. You can find out how Malka can help you out at www.greengencompany.com. Malka, how are things? Has uh, the snow stuck around a little bit these days? I swear to God, the weather has a mental health problem. Like one day it's minus 10, the next day it's plus 10, and it's really, really windy. Like it can't make up its mind. It's very painful if you have like arthritis and, you know, everyone's complaining about the changes. <laughs> yeah, you know, they say if you don't like the weather in Alberta, wait a few minutes and uh, you'll you'll get something <laughs> different. I once, literally, when I first moved to Alberta, I once 
played tennis through sunshine, rain, hail, and we left before it snowed because I uh, couldn't take it anymore. So anyway, <laughs> let's get to the uh, business of cannabis. And, and our first topic, the lead topic that we're getting to is uh, something that I'm I'm really, really going to be watching, and I think a lot of people are going to be watching, especially you very closely, and that is yeah. possible changes to the Cannabis Act. And um, I, I guess the, the you know, is the, the, the mandate economics uh, of, of, the, of the industry-led uh, uh, review of this Cannabis Act, or, or where does it start? So the the review is part of the initial light legalization that, you know, the government and federal government said, you know, in three years after we legalize cannabis, we're going to review how it's going. So we're in year two. And part of the um, unknown things that have popped up is that, you know, cannabis was given to Health Canada as a mandate from a government standpoint, which meant that the, all of the regulations had to do with health and safety and keeping it away from kids and protecting, you know, moving out the black market. But what's happened is that it's become an economic impactor of our economy. And, and largely COVID has, has accelerated that. So as an industry, and I'm part of the Canadian Chamber of Commerce, um, the National Cannabis Working Group, which is an industry-led working group and a, a think tank for lobbying government and helping craft policy. And as, an org as a group, uh, most like pretty much all of the LPs and most of the industry players are part of this organization. And we've set out a plan to do these roundtables over the next several months, addressing different aspects of the industry. And, and it's they're open to the public. I think actually pretty much anyone can join them. I mean, there's been members of the media on them. They're run by Eric Foster um, and, and his consulting group or legal team. And basically it's like an open conversation with uh, government at, or sorry, with the public and industry to figure out like what's working, what's not. So I've been on the first one already and there are, there are several more. And the biggest thing that has come up is we need to get health, uh, the government of Canada alerted to the positive economic impacts the and put the cannabis industry into the bucket of also ec the economics of the country. Because right now it's only about the health aspects. And if, if you're considering all the positive benefits that cannabis has brought in terms of growth um, from an economic standpoint, Health Canada doesn't care about that. So that's why there's this big push to look at the other stuff and how overall it's had a massive impact to the positive parts um, of our economy in terms of job creation, economic impact dollars. I think we're at, you know, 8.6 billion dollars has been added to the Canadian economy and one of the co-founders or the co-chairs of the uh, working group Nathan Meisen he's talking about you know it, how many more jobs or businesses have been created out of the the cannabis industry than have shut down just of retail in the in, in the last year so he's looking at you know traditional retail and saying there's a bunch of companies that are going out of business we're seeing that in the headlines all the time but then if you look at how many businesses, new businesses, small businesses, medium sized that are growing, that have been added to the economy, there's a net positive there for the cannabis sector. And that's a subject matter and a headline that really needs to be broadcast. Uh, you're right. Uh, it, it really does. And uh, Nathan is actually scheduled. Uh, speaking with him today, he's going to uh, appear on this program once again in the first week of December. So looking forward to uh, chatting about this, among other things, uh, um, as, as part of the conversation. And it's interesting, our, our cannabis question today on this uh, Hour One episode is, 
you know, what's the one regulation that you would like changed? And, you know, I've heard from retailers that say window coverings, you know, as a, as a, um, a media person, obviously the, uh, the advertising restrictions uh, should be lifted. And, you know, most of these things are age gated when it comes to cannabis uh, media productions, or at least you very much should be. So I think that's one thing that, uh, well, obviously a lot of people I think are going to be wanting to, to take a look at. Yeah, and the funny thing is none of those fall under the Health Canada mandate. So, you know, that's what I mean is that we have to raise the flag on all of the things that need to change that have nothing to do with the Health Canada part That just to get them on the docket as, like, other people should care about this in in government. So, basically, with all of this happening, these roundtables and everything, government said it was going to be, like, an 18-month process um, of of once they decided to make the changes. So, literally, 18 months from next year Mm -hmm. puts us into twenty. before changes are happening and as an industry group we're like no this has to happen a lot faster so the plan is to really put together a cohesive set of policy well research and so we're just starting out that phases now where the questions of what matters to Canadians what matters to the industry and compiling a very solid policy document to essentially hand it to the government says here we did your research we did your homework you know, this is what we sh- you you should do. Basically, that's the concept: is get the work done for them, so it's not a bunch more months after that waiting for them to come back with policy changes that they're thinking about. Yeah, and uh, it's gonna be. Uh, listen, I, this this has to happen. Like, or otherwise. We will be, like you said, 2023, and then right on the heels of the next review of the of the three years. So it's it's a little bit ridiculous. And you know, are are you are you know what's the I guess what's the mindset going into this right now? Are you confident that this will be pushed up? I think so. I mean, I think the fact that I mean it has the 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 impact economically is much easier to measure than health sure. impacts. Sure. So you know, when we talk about GDP growth, that's an easy number for the government to understand. So when there's a bunch of headlines that says you know eight point six billion dollars was added in four months, or you know that's a that's an easy metric for them to you know, wrap their heads around, as opposed to you know how many fewer Canadians under the age of eighteen are using you know cannabis. Like that's a much harder number to to capture so i do think i'm very positive and optimistic about this but a lot of the changes that need to happen um, are quite large in terms of economics so just as an example you know banking is a huge uh hurdle for cannabis Mm. businesses the whole financial industry has created these gates which are very good for securing uh financing um for other businesses but when it comes to a regulate an industry that is prohibitive uh, or has been, it's still illegal everywhere else in the world, really, except for a couple of places. When you're talking about economics that has to do with money and money moving from illicit to legal channels, that's an area that the government has control over. But they have a very limited amount of resources that they're managing that. So that's the situation is we need to essentially lobby for them to have more resources to sh- to prove that this is not illicit activity. This is actually above board tax collecting legal entities that are adding to jobs and everything else but the resource base that's assigned to it at government level is constrained so that's what i mean by pushing the government into the hurdle of we need to actually show them they should assign resources so they could do better job at measuring measuring what matters really in this case uh, indeed for sure all right let's get to change makers and uh this is uh, something that I spoke about recently with uh, Jesse Lavoy of Canopy Growth when he was on this show and we were talking about some stores yeah. and Bickles products and 
he was mentioning that he's rolling out this Martha Stewart CBD line in the United States. My favorite quote from Martha Stewart is, of course, I know how to roll a joint. Uh, it's uh, she's, she's just a, a marketing mania. She did a cooking show with Snoop that I really enjoyed. And it's I, I'm, I'm not surprised at all that she's rolled into the CBD game. Not at all. And so here, here's what I take about Martha Stewart. So the queen of domestication. So mm. I used to watch Martha Stewart when I was a teen. The fact that she's the products are only available in the U.S., it just has a halo effect to Canada. Canopy mm. is a Canadian organization, company, and the products aren't available in Canada. But CBD is everywhere in every store. So right. as soon as you say, I want CBD, you get you can get it everywhere. So and the 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 candy, like the the gummy that she's made is also available from other brands, very similar. So if anyone were to walk into a store and say, I want Martha Stewart's candies, they may not have those, but they will have something very similar to try instead. So the fact that she's an endorsing of it, it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's, it's literally global. And she's brought a massive demographic that would normally be very mm. anti-cannabis and just said, we're just doing CBD. It's fine. It won't hurt you. It's, it's in a candy. So she's normalized it to the point where it's accessible for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. And that's what I love about this. Indeed. All right, let's get to what it means to be green. And um, you in particular are in search and constantly on the watch out for that elusive green investor. Yeah, so this is a subject matter that I know intimately well um, and have literally had these conversations with like I can't even count anymore, hundreds and hundreds of both investors uh, and financial influential people. And and what I'm talking about here is, you know, I talk about what it means to be green in terms of both cannabis and helping the planet. But the people on helping the planet side don't understand the cannabis conversation. They're like, what are you talking about? So I have a lot of discon discombobulation or incongruence with people that like I do approach a lot of green investors. And this this article talked about, you know, greenbacks for green energy, because it was literally focusing on um, a solar and wind power energy companies that have been getting tons of investment from big names like Bill Gates was on there. Mm -hmm. And uh, big VC companies that are really focusing on green energy, and renewable energy and planet saving technologies. Um, and they are looking at the carbon capture as sort of that measurement of how do we reduce climate change and better impact the planet. And my secret answer is, have you looked at hemp? <laughs> it's a, it's a low-fi, low-tech growing plant like a weed everywhere. You know, it's very easy to grow hemp on mass, uh, industrial amounts of it. And the cool part about it, it doesn't just carbon capture when it's growing, but when you turn it into other stuff, and that's the technology part that needs the investment is when you take hemp and take the, uh, the biofibers or the, the fibers and the processing of getting it to that fiber state and then making it into another material, that's the secret that the rest of the green people don't understand. And I'm approaching them with investment opportunities in this space, and they're scratching their heads because they don't get it. <laughs> and uh, so it's it's a conversation that takes a little bit longer. But when you're trying to attract a, an investor's attention, it's hard to sort of convince the conversation into a short, you know, pitch. But the thing is, they already get the green stuff. Now we have to show them how they can make money from doing it with another, like, thing other than just um, energy or just wind power, or just solar, there's here's an, an answer with a new fiber that is le now legal to produce on mass and to turn it into a into a, a stock material that can be then made into other things and still absorb and capture carbon while it's doing that. Yeah. So that's the part about this that 
not everybody gets. And it's a conversation I have repeatedly. Um, and if I have any more help, I would love it. Uh, but we just kind of need a couple of people to be like, oh, yeah, this is what she's talking about, um, to really get on the bandwagon to see this, a lot of the stuff that's going on in Canada and, and beyond in this space moving a lot farther and a lot faster. Well, it just it, it only takes one person to realize there's more uh, more to green than just the environment. There's uh, you can get involved in uh, cannabis and, and lots of different aspects. And and you talk about hemp and you know when you you take a hemp herds and you combine it with lime or sand and you get your hempcrete. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later on Weed Words of the Day. It's you know it's been used in France for a long time and it it is really. Um, it's it's almost indestructible. Like uh, there there's just so much cool. good to go with that. And it was it was so ridiculous that hemp was lumped in with the uh, THC part of cannabis in the first place. But as you mentioned, now uh, you know there's uh, the the world is wide open when it comes to hemp. Exactly. And lately, it's been I'm getting a lot more attention in this space because it is becoming more legal in the US. And a lot of these big investment VC capital, uh, venture capital groups are based in Silicon Valley or just in the US in general. Uh, so just to give you a little anecdote, I'm part of this accelerator program and we're practice, practicing pitching and presenting these business ideas that are complex, but need to shorten them to get their attention. And so the one message that I learned that I'm learning from this group is it doesn't matter about the whole business. You know, maybe the business isn't fully formed from a pitch purpose and it's not, you know, you're still early days. But the one thing they have told me is that, you know, it doesn't it's more about like it's like be interesting and don't suck just to get their attention. So yeah. when I'm pitching, they're like, we want what Malkus have it. Like that, we want to be on that party bus. Like that's the response I'm getting. They don't fully get what I'm talking about, but it doesn't matter. It's like, I, I can't explain it in three minutes, but what I can do is get their attention and get them to join the tribe. And that's what the Green Generation Company is doing is getting more people to just get on the bus, have a joint or whatever you prefer format to be. And then we'll get you to t learn more about it as we take a ride down the legal cannabis market in Canada. You know, and that's my that's my plan right now. I like it. I want to be on that uh, bus ride uh, the whole time. I'm uh, in it, uh, in it to win it in the cannabis. I really enjoying it. And you know, there are there are changes that have to be made. And as we revert back to our lead topic, you guys are working on those changes. Malka, thank you so much as usual for joining me on the business of cannabis. People can find out more information at GreenGenCompany.com. Have a great week. Thanks, Dean. You as well. is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right, uh, just before we get to weed word of the day, just want to say thank you to uh, the many partners that we have here on the program, Malcolm LaBelle, uh, from the business of cannabis, David Wiley of the OZ, who you'll hear uh, in hour number two. Uh, Chris Ionson, uh, the manager of Nova Cannabis, is our educator. So it is great to uh, keep these partnerships going for sure, including a great company like Stonesmiths. You can find them at stonesmiths.ca, a local Edmonton company, available at a number of different retail shops uh, around the uh, Edmonton and Calgary area. So I just absolutely uh, love the partnerships that I've been able to form, and particularly uh, with you, 
uh, the listener, uh, when it comes to the wonderful world of cannabis, uh, exploring, learning, uh, and just having a lot of fun. And that's what we're going to do right now with Weed Word of the Day. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel O. Jackson, the Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. All right, if you're watching, you can see the two words that we are... uh, exploring today pot and hempcrete so the slang word is obviously pot uh it doesn't have anything to do uh from from all my research i've been able to find about kitchen utensils and things like that but the word derives from the spanish word for marijuana marijuana leaves rather uh, potagaya uh, and the use of it began in north america close to 1940 a little bit before 1940 it's uh, a shortening of that spanish word that came from uh, potassium de Gaia, a wine or brandy in which marijuana buds have been steeped, and it literally means the drink of grief. Uh, so it didn't start off with a great name. Uh, how this um, this you know became pot and all the great words that we have, the drink of grief. Uh, but that was obviously uh, kind of derived from something that was steeped in uh, wine or brandy, and now. Obviously, the the pot that we have today is is definitely not. Now, our standard term we're going with is hempcrete. And this is something I learned about way long time ago, many episodes, 71 episodes ago, actually, on our our second episode, uh, when my friend Jay came on the show and uh, talked about hempcrete. And it is a mixture of hemp herds, lime, or sand, it could be used in uh, so many different ways from construction to insulation. It's not as brittle as concrete. Um, it's lightweight, combines insulation and thermal mass. has been used quite a bit in France since the 1990s. So, you know, I think hempcrete is something that hopefully we get closer and closer to using a lot more here in North America. Um, and because, uh, you know, hemp, if you if you know and i don't know a whole lot about hemp but uh, i know a little bit from my friends that have educated me Uh, it is uh, such a healthy healthy crop for the environment uh it's barely unburnable uh, inflammable it's uh it's just amazing it's uh it's the hero that we certainly deserve uh here in the uh in the cannabis world all right we're going to wrap things up in just one second is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. I love Weed Word of the Day. I learned so many new things myself on uh, Weed Word of the Day, so I hope you uh, can get you educated as well. And and thank you so much uh, to the people that continue to reach out. I absolutely love 
uh, the responses and the emails that I get from you. Thank you so much. I hope you're enjoying the show now that we're on YouTube or we're streaming it on our social media channels. And, of course, thanks you to all of our partners on this program, including Stonesmiths. Check them out, a great local company, stonesmiths.ca, an Edmonton company uh, with uh, a really, really bright future. Check it out. And if you would like to become a partner of the show, email me, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. That is cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to welcome more partners to the show as Melka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. Thank you to her for joining me on this episode. And of course, David Wiley from the OZ. He will be on episode or hour number two of episode 73 coming out later today. Uh, this would be Wednesday, uh, November 18th. So all of our partners, big thanks to Chris Ionson from Nova Cannabis, Jasper Rav. He is my educator and he joins me every week for What's That Strain? Uh, this one was a fun one. Rockstar Tuna from the Green Organic Dutchman. All right. Andre uh, Rachon of the Regal Cigar is going to join us on hour number two out later today. We're going to get the huge whole backstory of those beautiful, beautiful Regal cigars that we will be giving away in our cannabis question. And David Wiley. Uh, thankful to him to move to hour number two. He will join us from the OZ on This Week in Cannabis News. You can get past episodes at www.cannabis101podcast.ca. And if you're interested in more shows, check out podcastalley.ca, where you can find out a whole bunch more of my programs. All right, that'll wrap things up for us this week. As we do every show, we finish off with... The Marijuana Song from the artist My Dead Dog. Remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Have a good week, everybody. Namaste.